0: morning and a very, very warm welcome to worship here today. As you can see, we're celebrating Holy Communion later on in the service. Unfortunately, due to a technical fault, we can't broadcast our live stream of the Sunday service happened last week and I'm afraid the problem hasn't been sorted but a recording of the service should be available on the website YouTube and Facebook by tea time today so if you know anybody that's looking out for that you can pass the word to them please the midweek Thursday service as usual this week um, at half past 10. Now next Sunday is Remembrance Sunday And we will have our normal service at 10.45, and we'll observe the two-minute silence at 11 o'clock next Sunday morning. There will also be a retiring offering next Sunday for Poppy Scotland. Okay, so we're not having a retiring offering today, we're having it next Sunday instead for Poppy Scotland. The Guild meets tomorrow (coughs) at 2 o'clock, and we'll have a talk about mental health recovery by Janet Allen from REMH. The craft team is on on Tuesday and the Bible study on Wednesday at seven o'clock. The country dancing on Thursday at half past seven. And please note that the Kirk session is now meeting on Tuesday the 14th of November at seven o'clock and not Thursday of this week. It was originally Thursday of this week. It's been changed to Tuesday of next week. Elizabeth Howey's Christmas quizzes are now available and can be found in the vestibule and they are a donation of a pound a sheet. There are also a few posters for the Christmas fair out in the vestibule out there. If you know of any shop or library or anything near you that's not got one, if you would please take one and get the word spread as far as possible. We're still looking for volunteers to decorate a Christmas tree at our forthcoming Christmas Tree Festival being held in December. And there's a list out in the vestibule as well, or speak to the craft team if you want more information. The Care and Share Lunch being held um, on Friday as normal from half past 12. And we'll be having our gift service on Sunday the 19th of November. I did put it in the magazine, so hopefully you've seen that. Please bring gifts for any age and please leave the gifts unwrapped. You can bring your gifts from next Sunday onwards, um, and we'll get, pass them over after the 19th. Okay, the formal part now. This is to do with the voting for the basis of union. Notice is hereby given that on behalf of the Presbytery of the South West, the Planning Committee has called a meeting of this congregation of our and Solcote's Kirkgate Parish Church on Sunday the 19th of November 2023 in this sanctuary when the basis of union as drafted by the four Kirk sessions will be presented for your approval. There are copies of the basis of union at the front door. If you didn't get one on the way in please ask for one on the way out or lift one on the way out and it would be very helpful if you could also bring a pen with you on that day or a pencil so that you can cast your vote. Please note that only those present on the day who are on the electoral register can vote. There's no postal voting or voting by proxy. If you're not here, for whatever reason, I'm sorry, you don't get a vote. And if you're not on the electoral register, equally, I'm sorry, you don't get a vote. If anyone's not sure if they're on it or not, please speak to me and I can confirm or otherwise with you. I think these are all the intimations. Thank you for your patience, and I hope you can remember all of that. <laughs> Good, morning.
1: Good morning. I I can see smiles, I can see serious faces uh, and all that, but it's, it's a delight to be in the house of God and to worship God together. Um, <clears throat> I hope and trust that this time of worship would be a time that will be something that leaves a memory for you throughout this whole week. Uh, For those who are worshiping with us for the first time, we are delighted to have you. And for those who have been gone for a long time, uh, we are also delighted to have you with us today. Um, I'm going to, before I get to the flat Jesus side, I would like to invite John and Nikki to please come uh, forward. I'm sure nearly everyone, or most of you, you know John and Nicky. Um, so Nicky is going to be going away for a little while. Uh, turn the other way around and face them. <laughs> 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 uh, <coughs> Nicky is going to be going away for a little while. Um, and we say a little while because we don't know for sure how long. Um, but John and Nikki are going to be getting married in December, um, and that's going to be in Barbados, and our prayers are with them. I'm still sorting out you know, my, <laughs> my flight ticket to, to, to make it to the day, uh, but I've been, I've been well um, invited. I think it's now on my side, and... Please pray for these two as we lead towards uh, December uh, for them. But we join hands to pray for them right now, for, for Nikki to travel. Well, John, you seem like you want to say something. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let us pray together. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for Nikki and John. We thank you for their witness, for their love. We thank you that Almighty God in December... Uh, It will be a great day for them getting married in Barbados, and we pray that uh, as Nikki would be leaving this Friday uh, to go back in Barbados to prepare, I pray that, Lord, you go with her and make your face to shine upon her, be gracious to both of them as they get to be separated for a little while uh, as they prepare for their wedding in December. Lord, we pray for blessing upon blessing on them. Be with them and make your face to shine upon them. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Uh, You can take your seats. (laughs) So we, once again, I think I forgot to say, but uh, next week will be probably our last week of Flood Jesus just in in church Uh, but flood jesus concept will continue to go on Uh, just to take you back that's flood jesus enjoying fellowship at the crafters previous weeks ago and that's flood jesus in ottawa hmm interesting (laughs) flood jesus with those lovely two Um, and Manchester watching the Dead South. I think you can see from the, the, the background, um, flood Jesus at the Bible study. I wonder what uh, Maureen was saying there. <laughs> Again flood Jesus in the foggy and cold Yorkshire, um, flood Jesus somewhere in, en route from London to Dover. Okay, another one. that's a a lovely one of George there (laughs) more flood Jesus having a chat with friends lovely photo there thank you for sharing that oh flood Jesus cuddling up before bed you can see it's before bed and everybody's smiling Uh, flood Jesus playing castles with grandchildren wow that's what we have for today on Flood Jesus. But for those who don't know what Flood Jesus concept is, you carrying that uh, Flood Jesus, color, color it and take it wherever you go. But the idea is to remind you that Jesus goes with you wherever you go. So even when we get to stop this idea, I'm hoping to, to receive some photos from as far as Barbados. Um, And even if you are able or if you remember to send us a photo just before and after the wedding with flood Jesus. Friends, we gather our minds as we pray together. Lord, we come today to give you thanks, to acknowledge your goodness and recall your steadfast love. Lord, we pray where we stumble, hold us. Where we falter, guide us. Wherever we wander, gather us. Restore us to a straight path. Lead us on a way that's sure and true. When our souls faint, restore us. When we are lost to you, redeem us. When distressed, Lord, notice us. In your mercy, O God, deliver and restore us. When we cry to you, Lord, hear us. When we don't listen, incline our ears that we might hear you. For we are thirsty and you promise to satisfy us. For we are hungry and you will fill us with good things. Lord, we come today to give you thanks, to acknowledge your goodness and recall your steadfast love. All this we pray for and ask. In Jesus' name, amen. We stand to sing together our first hymn, 795. Take me as I am.
2: now invite John to come up and lead us in our prayer of adoration and praise.
3: Let us pray. Almighty God, creator of all, revealer of all that is good and evil, another day has dawned, an hour of worship and prayer has come. Gather us in from far and near as we welcome the stranger and seeker, the scoundrel and the saint, those who have nothing to lose and those who have lost nothing, yet whose hands and hearts are empty. We have come to worship and honour your name, to remind ourselves that you have called us to set this sacred time apart, to rest in your presence and to give thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness. Accept the praise of our lips and the thoughts of our hearts as we worship you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Come, Spirit of God, hover over our lives. Make us into your church. May your word be the lamp to our path leading us on into a journey of service and sacrifice, ready to serve without counting the cost. Lift our eyes to see beyond the hills, make us impatient to embrace the vision, to find the paths that lead to your coming kingdom. We long to be embraced by the strength that comes from you, our refuge. Free us from our fears by the touch of your loving kindness. Remove our poverty of spirit by the richness of your compassion. Restore in us hope as the morning opens out into a fuller day. May the light of your grace fill our hearts, enlighten our minds, and direct the works of our hands, that we might raise the fallen and sustain the weary. And at the end of the day, bless your name. In rest and hope, may we lie down and sleep, ready to awake and serve another day. We thank you, our Father, for that life which you've made known to us by Jesus, your Son, by whom you made all things, and take care of the whole world. You sent him to become a man for our salvation. You allowed him to suffer and to die. You raised him up, glorified him, and have set him at your right hand, and in him you have promised us the resurrection of the dead. O Lord Almighty, the eternal God, gather your church from the ends of the earth into your kingdom as grain was once scattered and now has become one loaf. Our Father, we also thank you for the precious blood of Jesus Christ, which was shed for us and for his precious body, as he appointed us to proclaim his death, for through him glory is to be given to you forever. All this we ask in the name of our Saviour Jesus Christ, in whose words we now pray. Our Father.
2: Thank you, John. Um, We're going to have a think this morning, and I'm going to uh, address this to the younger folks and also those who are young at heart as well. And I want to think about different voices that we might hear in our lives. So there are some voices that we recognize, and there's some that we don't. And I'm going to bring up a little image just now and I've got a couple of famous faces on screen. And some have voices that you might recognize, and some have voices that you might not recognize. So let me ask some of the younger folks. I attempted to be young and hip here, by the way. Um, One or two of these people I sort of Googled, and I said, who would young people recognize for their voice? So we'll see if Google was useful on this or not. So, let me go over this side first of all, go for it. Who do you recognise? We've got Boris Johnson, you're absolutely right, yeah, he's got a very distinctive voice. Can you do your Boris Johnson impression? No. Okay, that was cruel, wasn't it? I was really cruel to ask you. Um, Who else can we recognise? What about over here? Is there anyone we can recognise at all? None of them. What about some of the older folks? Um, Older but young at heart, is there anyone you can recognise? David Attenborough, he's got a really distinctive voice, doesn't he? And you could kind of listen to David Attenborough read the phone book, and it would be quite enjoyable, wouldn't it? And there's two other ones. These are the ones I thought the younger folks might recognize, but maybe some of the older folks can. Oh, well done. We've got Ariada Grande from over here. We've got a few fans on this side um, of the room. Brilliant. And there's someone else. Beyoncé is right. Uh, Well done. Uh, Fantastic. Well, I was very wrong there. I thought the younger folks maybe wouldn't recognize Boris Johnson and David Attenborough, and and I thought the older folks maybe wouldn't recognize the other two. Um, But we can kind of imagine their voices. If you stop and think for a second, you can hear some of those voices in your mind. You would recognize some of those voices at once. Is there anyone's voice in our own lives that we would recognise in an instant? Your mum. Okay, so mum, and quite a few nods to mum. Any other voices we might recognise in an instant? Go on. Your dad, yeah. So our mums <laughs> and our dads. You have to hear your dad's voice a lot, don't you? That's a shame. Um, That's me fail my probation. Um, So you can imagine some people's voices that are really, really clear to you. Maybe long gone, you would still recognize them in a second if you heard them just now. This morning, I want to think a little bit about God's voice. So what does God's voice actually sound like? Well, we don't really know. We don't know whether he sounds a bit like David Attenborough or whether he maybe sounds a little bit like what our mums or our dads potentially sounded like. I've got a little clip that I'm going to show you just now. um, And uh, I've asked the the guys at the back have done a sterling job in getting uh, this ready. So I've got a little clip just now that I want to show you that's around the idea of what God's voice could potentially sound like. So let's have a little watch of this short clip just now. God of your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You were born of my mother, you have You are our brother. What do you want with me? I have seen the oppression of my people in Egypt and have heard their cry. though I have come down to deliver them out of slavery and bring them to a good land. Um, In that little movie, Moses says to God, you've chosen the wrong person. Um, I feel like saying that most days. So I love that little clip. But when the writers of this film, they tried to decide what God's voice would sound like, So they tried to decide who would play the voice of God and what he would sound like. And they really struggled because none of us know what God's voice actually sounds like. And eventually what they managed to do is they decided they would use the actor who plays Moses to portray God's voice. But you probably heard in that little bit of the clip that we heard there, there were some little whispers that you heard. So there's other voices going on around whilst God was speaking. And those are the voices of Moses' sister and of his mother and of all the people that he loved during his life. And if we had seen the clip to the very end, the very last voice that you can hear is the voice of Moses' mother, God's voice may be something that we don't know what it sounds like. We might not know exactly what accent or what words God might use. God speaks to us in different ways. God speaks to us in the words that we read from the Bible. God speaks to us directly by sending His Holy Spirit to us, particularly in times of trouble or of worry. And I believe. And I think it's showing that little clip there. I think God speaks to us through the people that we encounter in our lives and the people that we love in our lives. One of the clearest times that I heard someone talk and I felt this is God's voice speaking was with a man who didn't have a home to sleep in and who struggled with many problems and physical and mental health. And I heard him speak, and I thought, those are God's words coming out from his mouth. God's words can come from different places, and from places we might not expect them. So this week, our challenge to ourselves is to listen for God's voice. Listen for it in the mundane and in the everyday, but also listen to it from the people and the places where we wouldn't expect to hear it. Amen. Let's uh, invite Philip just now then, and he's going to lead the children, um, and they're going to sing, Lord, we have come to worship you. Um, So let's have uh, uh, everyone come out to the front then.
1: Uh, Surprisingly, they have managed to memorize it. So we're going to start with So we're going to start with the most beautiful girls, and then they're going to say the first part of the memory verse. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Good. I am the bread of life. Jesus told them. Exactly. I am the bread of life. Jesus told
3: them.
4: And then, those who come to me will never be hungry. Those who believe in me will never be thirsty.
1: Can we repeat that again? The way we do it in yeah. Sunday
3: school. Yeah. I am the bread of life. Jesus told them. I am the bread of
1: life.
4: Jesus told them. Those who come to me will never be hungry. Those who believe in me will never be thirsty. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh,
3: uh. And lastly, we were writing a few songs for the children. So, um, you guys can help me out with this I'm not able to do it all by myself. So, I will warn you: um, there is a
1: shout in this song. There is a sing. There is a whisper. So, remember to shout, and all everybody. Singing and whispering. So we'll
4: sing it through. I'll sing it through once, and then we'll sing it through twice together.
2: The offering will now be uplifted. Let's join together in prayer, let's pray. Lord bless our offerings today. Remind us as we offer what we can, that we are challenged not only to offer our money, but our time and our talents as well. Sometimes we confess that we do not see our own time as valuable and we fail to see the many talents that each of us hold. Remind us of so many people in the Bible, of the likes of Moses, who couldn't see their own worth, who said that you had chosen the wrong person. Remind us that you see through any shortcomings and any failings, and that you see us all individually as people full of potential and full of talent, beautifully and wonderfully made. Remind us that you challenge us to give our time and our talents, not just on a Sunday morning, but at all times in our lives. Prepare us to hear your word, prepare our ears to listen, to listen for your voice in scripture and in the people that we encounter in our week ahead. Amen. Our scripture reading comes from Second Samuel and it's, um, it's chapter seven verses one to 29 and John is our reader
3: for this reading. Nathan's Message to David King David was settled in his palace, and the Lord kept him safe from all his enemies. Then the king said to the prophet Nathan, Here I am, living in a house built of cedar, but God's covenant box is kept in a tent. Nathan answered, Do whatever you have in mind, because the Lord is with you. But that night the Lord said to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David that I say to him, You are not the one to build a temple for me to live in. From the time I rescued the people of Israel from Egypt until now, I have never lived in a temple. I have travelled round living in a tent. In all my travelling with the people of Israel, I never asked any of the leaders that I appointed why they had not built me a temple made of cedar. So tell my servant David that I, the Lord Almighty, say to him, I took you from looking after sheep in the fields and made you the ruler of my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have defeated all your enemies as you advanced. I will make you as famous as the greatest leaders in the world I have chosen a place for my people Israel and have settled them there where they will live without being oppressed anymore ever since they entered this land they have been attacked by violent people but this will not happen again I promise to keep you safe from all your enemies and to give you descendants when you die and are buried with your ancestors I will make one of your sons king and will keep his kingdom strong he will be the one to build a temple for me and I will make sure that his dynasty continues forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him as a a father punishes his son. But I will not withdraw my support from him as I did from Saul, whom I removed so that you could be king. You will always have descendants, and I will make your kingdom last forever. Your dynasty will never end. Nathan told David everything that God had revealed to him. David's Prayer of Thanksgiving Then King David went into the tent of the Lord's presence, sat down and prayed. I am not worthy of what you have already done for me, Sovereign Lord, nor is my family. Now you are doing even more, Sovereign Lord. You have made promises about my descendants in the years to come, and you let a man see this, Sovereign Lord. What more can I say to you? You know me, your servant. It was your will and purpose to do this. You have done all these great things in order to teach me. How great you are, Sovereign Lord. There is none like you. We have always known that you alone are are God. There is no other nation on earth like Israel, whom you rescued from slavery to make them your own people. The great and wonderful things you did for them have spread your fame throughout the world. You drove out other nations and their gods as your people advanced, the people whom you set free from Egypt to be your own. You have made Israel your own people forever, and you, Lord, have become their God." And now, Lord God, fulfill for all time the promise you made about me and my descendants, and do what you said you would. Your fame will be great, and people will forever say, The Lord Almighty is God over Israel, and you will preserve my dynasty for all time. Almighty Lord God of Israel, I have the courage to pray this prayer to you, because you have revealed all this to me, your servant, and have told me that you will make my descendants kings. And now, Sovereign Lord you are God, You always keep your promises, and you have made this wonderful promise to me. I ask you to bless my descendants so that they will continue to enjoy your favour. You, Sovereign Lord, have promised this, and your blessing will rest in my descendants forever. May God add his blessing to this reading of his holy word. Amen.
2: Let's join together in singing Hail to the Lord's Anointed.
1: now in the Old Testament and for some of us you're wondering why I think the Old Testament is part of the Bible isn't it And I think sometimes we tend to forget some of those lovely stories and how God has been at work in the Old Testament so for a few more weeks we're going to be in and out of the Old Testament And last week, for those who were not with us, we looked at 2 Samuel chapter 6, and if you recall, this is when uh, David had to go and fetch the Ark of the Covenant. And of course, one of the highlights from last week was he did it in the human way the first time, and it costed him and others as well. And I think he, what a reminder for us. Even as we do church, there are so many times, so many times we attempted to do it our way. And of course, towards the, the last part of last week's reading, we saw that David went back home and he, I want to believe he had time to rethink and to pray. And this, the second time around, he did Fetch the Ark of the Covenant the right way. And so it's almost like a continuation because now we're in chapter seven and this passage that we have read today, this morning, is possibly a, a clear picture of what God is doing and the life of David as king seems to be going all well. He's still the king of Israel, His nation is united and in peace. And David was enjoying a time of rest, of course, after some tragedies that had happened before. For David, these days that followed after tragedy were a time for him to seek God and to to seek God's guidance and, of course, to to do a a self-introspection to check himself out. And as David meditated on the law of God and and as he devoted time to God of course something came in his heart he had a dream a dream was born in his heart he wanted to build God a permanent dwelling place in other words David wanted to build a temple for God isn't that lovely that when we, when we spend time with God, there's a sense in which something is born out of us, where we want to do something more for God. So David wanted to give the Lord a proper, permanent place for his dwelling. But the only problem is this. David's dream is responded to by God saying no. No. So the question today is, what do we do when God says no? What happens to us when God says no? And I think David's reaction to God's no is something we ought to think about and also that is supposed to encourage us to deal with our own no's when God says no. Because surely there is no doubt that among all of us today, there are people who have heard like God say no. Or we have sensed in a way that perhaps God is saying no. I can tell you of my, my wish and my dream as a young person. I really wanted to be a medical doctor. I wanted to save God. I wanted to do things for God. I wanted to save people's lives. I wanted to do research, and I wanted to do many things, and nothing of that has come to pass. And if you you ask my wife, she will tell you that there are three things that I am still to do. Whether I'm still to do them, I'm not so sure now anymore. But the three things were, I said to myself, I want to really do that to study medicine. And I'm still, up to this far, I'm still convinced I'll do it. I don't know whether it's realistic of my dream or not, but that's one thing. And secondly, I'm going to do my doctorate in theology. And then lastly, I want to study law. (laughs) That's me. Because to some degree, I, I feel like you know, there are some laws that are, are made by people, and surely they, they're not right. <laughs> and on the other hand, I see people who are suffering, and I'm like, God, I want to be in the gap. I want to do something. Uh, especially now, after post-COVID or during a different wave of COVID, I'm sure most of you, you're disappointed with your surgeries and all that because you 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 call the doctors and sometimes you don't get an appointment and because that's what i'm experiencing as a person and i hear people who are experiencing the same i'm like god i can just go and and help everybody that's my dream that's my dream but is that god's dream for me i'm not sure So the question today is, what do you do when God says no? And I think David shows us what we are supposed to do. Or maybe we can learn from what David did. Because surely, to hear a no from God can really be painful sometimes. And Christians in 2023, they want to hear God say no. They want to hear God say yes, not no. If you want to hear how many people have left church because God seems to say no, there are plenty of people. So let's start with David's desire. In verse 1 and 2 we read, King David was settled in his palace and the Lord kept him safe from all his enemies. This is a good place to be. And in verse 2 we read, Then the king said to the prophet, he's, he's got even the gist to check with the prophet. This is, this is what happens when things are going well. Here I am, he says. I'm living in the house built of seder. But God's covenant box, box is kept in a tent. He's getting to question his priorities and things. So there is his desire, a good desire for David to wish he can build a house for God. There's no doubt, I'm sure most of you, you would agree with me that David has a good desire. In fact, if we were to read somewhere else, in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 7 to 9, Solomon almost confirms that God, God himself was pleased with such a desire. So this is what Solomon says in 2 Chronicles. My father David planned to build a temple for the worship of the Lord God of Israel. Verse 8, but the Lord said to him, you were right in wanting to build a temple for me, but you will never build it. It is your son, your own son, who will build my temple. I want to pause there. I want to pause there and just invite you to think the lord's house the grounds of the house the inside of the house sometimes yes we are bound to think lightly about the environment of church but when we we look at that, what we have in the old testament david is actually getting to say you know what We need to do all we can to make it clean, to make it spotless, to make it the place that people who are not in church can look at the building itself and actually say, wow, something is worth of God here. In other words, how you treat a church building in a way matters sometimes. Now, David is not asking for anything at this point. His desire is not to receive something, but his desire is to give something. He wants to give something back to God who has been doing wonders in his life. Now, I'm sure this ought to be our desire as good people of God. It ought to be our desire to say, I want to do something for God, and for you to come to that place, surely. You've witnessed, you've experienced the grace of God, and that would drive you to a point where you want to say, I want to give God something. We're coming to the end of the year. What are you going to be giving God for as a way of saying thank you? Now, it's clear. One of the things that we were, I got talking about after the sermon last week was some people were saying, surely you can't give David is a good example of what it means. David didn't have it. He was a jealous man. He was a bad guy. He's a bad example. He, we could go on and on and on to disqualify him, but hey, wait. You actually get to see the grace of God through this man's life. He is messed up. There's not many things that you can look at and say he's good at. So that makes him a perfect good example. But here he is, and he wants to give to God. So David possessed a godly desire, and we see this confirmed even by the man of God himself, Nathan the prophet. He says this to him in verse 3, do whatever you have in mind because the Lord is with you. So you see this sense in which even the prophet, of course he didn't pray about this at this particular time. But his understanding is this, since you, David, you are a man of God who is loved by God, who walks by God, whatever you do then should be okay. Isn't that the same with us? We would say because we go to church every day, because we worship God, because we, we do say things to God, surely we we cannot have a bad desire coming out of our heart for god in any case but you'll notice that nathan didn't even pray about this matter it sounded good to him and and he thought the dream was the lord's too and then in verse four four and five we read but that night the lord said to nathan go and tell my servant david that i say to him You are not the one to build a temple for me to live in. So there comes the no from God. God has said no to David. But I love something that I want you to take away from this. When God says no, he doesn't shatter David's dreams and leave it as they are. And leave him broken hearted. When God says no. He tempers with David in a way that is amazing. There is something that he gives. In verses 8 going forward. Here is something that you ought to see. So tell my servant David. That I the Lord Almighty say to him. Now look at what God does with David. And does with us he's taking david back i took you from looking after sheep in the fields and made you the ruler of all my people israel what is god doing here now he's taking david back to try and recall of the presence of god now so often in our lives today in 2023 when god says no to certain things we want in life and certain things we are dearly praying for, the temptation for us is to feel that God doesn't love us. God doesn't care about us. But here is God taking David back and he's getting to say to David, David, remember where I took you from. Verse 9, I have been with you wherever you have gone. This is God reminding David. And I have defeated all your enemies as you advanced. In other words, when you were victorious as a king and with with your army, I was with you. And then he starts to make promises into the future. I will make you as famous as the greatest leaders in the world. Do you hear that? Unfortunately, sometimes these things in our day-to-day lives, sometimes they don't come immediately as we want them. And we'll start to lose it. We'll start to say, God doesn't care. Verse 10 and 11, I have chosen a place for my people, Israel, and I've settled them there. Remember, they had crossed over to this new plea, new loving and amazing place, the promised land, where they will live without being oppressed anymore, says God. So God in his grace took a nobody and made a somebody out of him. Notice verse 9. God tells David that he has made him a celebrity. Do you see that? So this is God in his nature. He's saying, David, you're missing something. Yes, I'm saying no, but I've actually made you to be a celebrity. David had a desire to build a house for the Lord. But God tells David that he, God, is going to build a house for him. What a contrast. You want to do something for me, David? In fact, I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to build up your house. I'm going to to build up your family. I'm going to build up your clan, forever. Wow, that's our God for us. So God tells David that his son will build a house of a house for God, and surely, I, I don't know about you, but surely these promises brought peace to the heart of King David. And I hope it does bring peace to you this morning. Some of you have witnessed the death of your dreams, the death of our dreams, the death of our community dreams, the death of things that we loved. But I think if you would take the time to look at the Lord and what the Lord has done through your life, You will see that he had something far better in mind for you than you could have ever imagined. God has a good plan, a better plan, in fact. When he closes a door, he opens another. Now, how did David take all this? How did David take the no from God? And I love us. I could. It's, it has been a fairly long passage, but hear this. Then King David went into the tent of the Lord's presence, sat down and prayed. Sovereign Lord, I am not worthy of what You have already done for me. Nor is my family worth it. Verse 19, yet now you are doing even more. You know, it's wisdom to actually be able to notice that what God is going to do with this no is bigger than what David would have achieved by himself. You have made promises about my descendants in the years to come. I'm sure most of us, when a door closes, We don't often get to see another one open. We don't see that because we are clouded with our tears. We are clouded with the sense of not understanding. Even when it seems unclear to us, we don't often understand God to be all-powerful. And you let a man See the sovereign Lord, says David. Verse 20, what more can I say to you? You know me, your servant. Please notice what David did. In verse 18, he went in and sat down before the Lord. In verse 20, like a little child, he referred to himself in the third person. Like a tiny me. In verse 18, he acknowledged the fact that he was unworthy of such a blessing. And in verses 19 to 22, David praised the Lord for his blessings, his grace, and his wonderful position that he had given him to be the most powerful king. Now, even though David did not get his way in this matter, he was willing to accept God's plan for his life. Oh, how easy it is, right? How easy it is. I can recall of my own time when only now I'm able to look back and say, oh, this is where things started turning. And I, I look back and I, I pointed that uh, time and Oh, poor me, I did not open my eyes to see. I could not count my blessings. So what should our response be when God says no? We should first remember that we are who we are and have what we have because of his pure and perfect grace. We should remember that he is the porter and we are but clay and that's that's easy, right, Graham? You know, one of the passages and one of the things that we like to say is in that song, in the words of that song, you are the Potter and we are the clay. Trust me, when you get to be made into what God wants, we don't like it. We don't enjoy it. We should assume the place of a humble child before his presence and trust him to do that which is best for us even though it's not easy for us our going life should not be to reach our dreams but to see his perfect will carried out in our lives and that's easier said than done there's no greater honor for you and for me than to see God glorified through us and God glorified through our lives when we receive a no and a dead no, and yet God provides a yes in some area. If there is anything for us to remember from this message, it is this. Sometimes you will not see your dreams fulfilled until you are willing to let them go forever. And that's tough. And it's tough to adopt that which God is saying, this is the way. It's tough, but his grace is sufficient for us. Mm. I pray that God will help us to begin to see and to even ask, God, then direct me towards the right thing. Because when he says no, there's another yes hidden somewhere. And it's not easy to comprehend. Lord bless you. Amen. We sing together our next hymn. There is a longing in our hearts, O oh Lord. we pray for ourselves today. We pray that you open our hearts to the suffering that we see all around us, but also to help us to pass unto you any grief we cannot manage. Open our eyes to see that door you open when you've closed another. Open our hearts to see what it means when you say no. And to be able to recount and name our blessings one by one we pray that you challenge us to help others in the week ahead but you also help us to know when something is too big for us to handle alone. we pray that you help us to see all the things and gifts that we have in our lives but also to sit with us when we feel poor And when we feel like we don't have you, we pray for the world around us. We pray for those who are suffering. We pray for those who are in need of healing. We pray for those who are in need of love. And quietly in our hearts we name some who we know by names. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for being with us. And as we turn to your table, we ask that you make your face to shine upon us. And be gracious to us. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, the table before us is not the table of this denomination, but it is the table of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he invites each and every one of us who loves him, who wants to seek to be closer to him. Following the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I take these elements of bread and wine to be set apart from all common use to this holy use and mystery. We draw near to God in prayer. But before we pray, we sing together, hymn. three times. Oh. seated I invite the elders to come and let's draw near to God in prayer shall we pray together Let us pray. Eternal God, for your glory fills the whole earth. Our purpose in coming before you is to praise, to bless and to adore you. We are forever grateful for Jesus who came to lift us up and restore your image within us so that we may reflect your unchanging glory. We give you thanks for the scriptures. And how they recorded the life of Jesus from the prophecies that foretold of his hardship to his perfect example his death on the cross his resurrection from the grave his ascension to your right hand and the sending of the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth and deepen our love for Christ as we gather at his table we are reminded of Christ's sacrificial death on the cross, taking the punishment that was meant for us and becoming the spotless lamp of God that takes away the sin of the world. We are honored to present ourselves at his table, to remember him and to declare before the world that it is through Christ alone that we are justified, we are forgiven, we are redeemed, And we have received eternal life. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. On the night he was betrayed, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, when he had given thanks, took bread, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, which is for you. Take it in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, this cup is a new covenant sealed in my blood. And he says something very important. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ until he comes again, the body of Christ broken for you the body of Christ broken for you the blood of Jesus shed for you take it my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me blessed are we O oh Lord when we come to you the body of Christ broken for you it in remembrance of me Let's draw near to God in prayer. So we pray together.
2: God our Father, we thank you for permitting us to take part in your holy mysteries. Through the work of your Spirit, may the life of Christ turn our fears to freedom and help us to live for others. May the strength of Christ lead us in our living through whatever joys or sorrows await us. To Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be glory and praise forever. Amen. We now sing together our closing hymn, There is a Redeemer. Now into the world, do not be daunted by the enormity of the world's grief, by the enormity of the no's and the yeses that we may get from the Lord. Do justice now, love mercy now, walk humbly now. You are not obligated to complete the work, but neither are you free to abandon it. And may the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and the adventure and the joy of knowing Jesus go with you into the world this day and always.